Hi, Arlen Glick here. I am sponsored by a brand new company called URAlter.com and excited to be on the show tonight. And my favorite distance to compete in is the 100 mile. Uh, so welcome to Training for Ultra. If we could just free ourselves of our perceived limitations and tap into our internal fire, the possibilities are endless. I'll tell you about it when it happened in the race, but to be honest with you, it happened even before the race. It happened in the training. Great cause. Oh, thank you. I respect that, man. So you keep doing what you do, it, man. Keep inspiring. For all you kids out there, stay safe and stay strong. Hey, everyone. It's the Training for Ultra podcast. Scott Jurek here. I was physically totally wrecked. I, I had nothing left. I figured I might as well move as quickly as possible towards the finish line if I was going to be moving towards it anyways. How do you even do that? decided if I could, you know, finish a 50-miler, I could probably run across the country. 100 miles is not that far. Welcome to episode 202 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name's Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra. It's been a while, but we got a really good episode. I took a little bit of time off. My whole artistic side says, don't do anything unless you're inspired. And, you know, I I had a little lull there. So I appreciate you guys sticking with me and... To make up for it, we're going to start off with really, really interesting person, Arlen Glick. He's out of uh, kind of Columbus, Ohio area, and I don't want to. I don't want to spoil any of the story, so I'll, I'll get basically right to it. And as the podcast grows, I I want to involve sponsors. I also don't want to have to mention them each time, and. I mean, I got to say, I, I, I'm i appreciative of Exoskin, John Wayne Cancer Foundation, and their Grit Series. Definitely just Google search the Grit Series. Check out their local races. Try to incorporate them in your training plan. And then Tanry Outdoors, just really, really high-quality products. That's another one. Just Google search them. They support some of the biggest names in our little community and yeah just really really appreciate them but this whole the genesis of this episode is actually from one of my patreon supporters saying hey rob like in in this this gentleman was actually in the book um i had run a race and he taught me some stuff and now he's actually becoming a huge supporter and learning from me so it's kind of fascinating but he mentioned just you got to get this guy on like he's he's a local like you know he's he's picking a big um in the ohio area and and he's won all kinds of races so yeah i i don't take his opinion lightly because he taught me some of the most foundational elements of my running so i listened to him but Nevertheless, I this is a longer episode, so I better cut it short. I appreciate you guys. Enjoy this episode. Arlen, it's an honor to have you on the podcast. Uh, truly, it's amazing to talk to anyone that their favorite distance to race is 100 miles. And you've had a heck of a, 
a heck of a few races here. I mean, all of last year was unbelievable. So again, just thank you for joining me on the podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having me on. I've listened to a few of yours, and I've always been so intrigued with the questions that you have to 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 ask. So I'm very excited to be on here tonight. Thank you so much. Is it a little different? Is it a little different than the other podcasts? Or am I asking the same same questions? I mean, um, I just like the way you ask the questions. Uh, your voice sounds the same tonight, so <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm just excited. I, I like the way you the way you think. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, I'll start off with we have kind of like a. a Croy is the person that reached out, mentioned, "Hey, I got I got this guy's cell phone. Um, who who is the uh, the you know he he heads up a lot of the exo skin behind the scenes. I've I've yes. been watching your progress for quite some time. Um, you know, I I spent quite some time in uh, Columbus, Ohio, so I know Mohican intimately, Burning River." I've flown out and tried to film Desert Solstice. So you're hitting up a lot of races awesome. just in common. So your name came up a lot. And uh, we had Patreon supporters that were mentioning you as well from Ohio. And so, yeah, this is well overdue. I'm excited to, to get <laughs> some more background on you. I mean, let's start off with like way back. Like, how did you get into running? And have you lived in Ohio your whole life? And, and give me some more background, at like, you know, Arlen, the person and, and Arlen, the, <laughs> the, the guy that got into running. Yeah. So I am currently 29 years old, um, kind of picked up running. I have a, yeah, a, a huge lack of a competitive nature. So you might say how in the world, but we can get to that. So I, I started running just as a way of like trying to stay healthy. Um, probably like late teens. I'm not even sure exactly when, um, had no desire to, to do it competitively or, or whatever. But the more I did, the more I enjoyed it. And I, and I just kept on enjoying stretching my limits and I could care less if I was in a race or not. I hadn't raced, um, for, for quite a few years and, just kept training. Finally, yeah, finally signed up for a race and it was just a small, a 10 K trail race. A friend of mine told me to run and yeah, ended up winning the race, which it wasn't a big race. It wasn't a big deal. But for me, I thought to myself, where in the world have I been that I could win a race? Like, I mean, I started out in the middle of the pack and I ended up winning the race and it was, it was like a, whoa, where have I been? Like, um, so yeah, I just pursued it from there a little bit more each year. I think a year or two later, I ran my first marathon. Um, yeah, what, just what kind was of your first marathon there. The Grand Lake Marathon. Um, okay. yes. Yeah, so I, yeah, I've lived in Ohio my whole life. Uh, I still live at home with my, my parents, um, and, uh, four of my siblings. So nice. yeah, it's great. There's, there's nine of us total. Um, and yeah, four of them are, are married and gone. Five of us still home. So that had yeah. to be, uh, I mean, 
Arlen, you could have your own 10K races with that many siblings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, they, were you guys running around from like a young age? And what um, what's sparking your curiosity? Because that's, that's like the word that comes to my mind is like, you want to stretch your limits, push your limits. Why? Like, where's this curiosity coming from? Yeah. You know? So we like, yeah, as a young boy, I remember a, a time or two going out with my brothers and one time going out with my uncle and running like a mile or something. And I remember asking my uncle how far he had run. What was the furthest distance he had ever run? And he said five miles. And at maybe seven or eight years old, that just blew my mind. Like I thought, how in the world could you run five miles? Um, but yeah, like <laughs> I found out it's not that hard. <laughs> you just put, I, I think it's Dean Carnassus. You just put one foot in front of the other, right? Yeah. Running's yeah. pretty simple when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. And so all of, yeah, all of my brothers do at least some running a little bit. A few of them have done a marathon, um, but they kind of leave it to me. It's like, you know, let little brother do his thing. Um, so they, pace me occasionally or have paced me but yeah none of them really have a desire to do it competitively they just all try to stay in shape i mean i don't want to jump ahead but i've heard you have the greatest crew on the planet so just throwing it yeah throwing it out there you, you heard the, the truth <laughs> um yeah you heard the truth uh, my sister's usually crew for me and yeah we've we communicate very well um my last race was, yes, definitely a good tweak to our to our regiment um, at, at Jackpot there. Uh, the, I had it basically everything planned out so I wouldn't even have to talk to them during the race. So it was, it was great. So yeah. you're throwing in one or two miles with like siblings and, and relatives. You, you throw in on a 10K. And you're you're going out easy in the middle of the pack, and then you end up winning the race, probably a race I finished last in. Um, and I mean, you, you're starting to sense like you're maybe pretty good at this, or, or you're just kind of naturally inclined to do this. Where do you go from there? Like you you did the marathon, yeah. like. Are, are you starting to get a sense of like I enjoy this and that's why I want to do this? I am, or are you still testing your limits? Like how far can I go? How fast can I go? Why Why do you continue to come back uh, to running? And I want to hear more about your training throughout this time too. Yeah, so I just took it a little more seriously every year. Um, started out doing road races. Didn't even know trail race really trail racing was a thing or even didn't even know really that ultras were a thing um just did a few road races here and there and yeah definitely always was hungry to find the limits um and there were many times throughout the last few years that i thought i was probably reaching like my peak and then the next year i would have a bigger gain than the year before and it just kind of keeps it, it's been just kind of working that way um so yeah once I discovered trail running and ultra running, um, I mean, I hope I'm not jumping too far ahead, but yeah, I did a lot of five K's and half marathons, a few marathons. Um, yeah, I ran my first trail trail marathon. Um, yeah. 
did you have any more questions in the middle of this year? Cap City, Columbus Marathon, two two of the best Uh, probably organized big city type races I've I've seen. I mean, there's a lot of really good (laughs) ones out there, but I'm biased, obviously. Yeah, I know I've run like I ran the Akron Marathon once, um, ran the Grand Lake Marathon uh, two or three times. I forget exactly how many. I think three times. Um, and no, I didn't do any big, any really big marathons. Other than, I, I like Akron probably was my biggest marathon, um, but you, never did just bit, that's real a, well at that. That's a really big one. I mean, are you able to sustain like almost that elite speed early on? Like, are you, are you able to be throwing down, I don't know, sub sub seven continuously throughout a whole marathon, like with pretty regularity, like, is that, was that something you were seeing or were you kind of slower and then building faster and faster? I, I'm trying to think, I think my first marathon, other than like, I ran maybe roughly that distance, probably a little more. I'm not even sure if I knew what the distance was or whatever, but like, just went out and did it just to see if I could do it. But my first marathon was a three Oh four. So not bad for your first. It was, try. Yeah, it was not, <laughs> it was not bad. Um, no, it, it was not bad at all. Um, yeah, I like my best marathon, which whatever I think is still pretty sucky was, was two forty. And I like, with all respect, I know that, there's a lot of people that would kill to run a 240, and so I, I'm grateful to be able to do that. But I feel like it's even if it, 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 like that's still have, not very. <laughs> Kipchoge would have already been back to the hotel, showered. <laughs> right. Uh, he probably would have right. come back and clap. No, I'm, I'm just messing with you. Right. And, and like, it's yes, amazing. not 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 just to compare myself with Kipchoge, but even to com- com- compare myself with like a lot of the other guys that I race with. I mean, there are so many guys that I toe the line with that are 220 in a marathon. Totally. But but we can totally race if if we go 100 miles. So, so that's well, the fun thing about this it. Is really, this is interesting because I feel like if Michael Owen of, I think he's in Athens, Ohio. He's in Southern Ohio. Mm-hmm. I put you yeah, guys. Yeah, I've talked to him a bunch on Saturday. Yep. He, he's he's one of my favorite guys. Uh and yeah, he's a great guy. And his his race, the Thunder Bunny 50K, make it to that if you can. It's it's awesome. As long as when it's is that not, one coming uh, up here, I think it's like it's pretty May. Soon. Uh, okay. It's one of those. If it's muddy, don't risk it. Um, <laughs> I was jumping <laughs> oh, over turtles <laughs> the year I did it, but uh, um, yeah. <laughs> Michael Owen will go down to uh, the Columbus Marathon and place like top ten. Which, yeah, I want to say his marathon time edges you out, but you have something different. Yeah, two thirty. I think he's got a. I think he's got a two thirty marathon. Um, yeah, he he definitely he definitely has the legs, and I. It's been two, a little over two years since I visited the marathon. So, like, I tend to at least want to think that I would have a big breakthrough if I went and tried to PR right now. But Heck yeah. I'm having too much fun with alters. Like, who has time to go run a marathon? Uh, like, not just run one. I mean, I run one every weekend. But who has time <laughs> to actually put put some specific training in? And 
and, and I was like in Ohio with a with a camera. I mean, between you, Michael Owen, and everything else going on there, uh, there's so many so many YouTube video opportunities. It's not even funny, but um, <laughs> I I think you have something different going on. Uh, and I'm not comparing, I'm not saying Michael owns faster because I know what you can do in the hundred mile distance. And I know what those record times are at Mohican. And I mean, burning river might have a little asterisk (laughs) next to it, but I, I know what you're doing. I also know that Michael Owen tried to get into Western States for nearly a decade. You know, he was a young gun. And by the time he finally got in, it was like, are you serious? <laughs> I've been waiting forever. To yeah, it, <laughs> that's what's fun about a guy like Michael Owen, because we grew, you know, grew up so close together. And he, of course, I would say some of his best years for racing, if they're not yet to come, were like 25 to 28 years old, which was several years ago. Um and it's it's really neat to actually like follow in his footsteps and be able to run some of the same races that he's run locally here. And like, yeah, people, it's it's interesting. It seemed like nobody knew who I was, regardless of how bad I tore up the trails here in Ohio. Like nobody knew who I was until I went out to Havelina. And I it it's it's interesting that you take an interest in us Easterners because obviously if you lived in Columbus you you know a lot about the local running scene but um it's kind of funny that the the people yeah the people out west there seem to be oblivious to what happens (laughs) in the east here um and and I think it's really fun like it's really cool that (laughs) that I can sneak up on people um, I, I love doing You're that. You're dark horse. I I even put Michael Owen in, as a, a dark horse the year he ran Western States, and I mean what you're doing is phenomenally amazing and phenomenally unique, and you're in kind of a rare territory. So again, uh, it, it, you're not an easy person to get a hold of. I you have email, right? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, and, I have email and I, and I'm on Strava too. So occasionally people message me through, through Strava, you know, Strava to, to get a hold of I, me. But so, yeah, I'm here. I, I made a movie on Brittany Charbonneau. She was very, very unique. You're unique. I mean, tell me more about your background. I, you don't really have social media, which I think, a year ago would have been like, oh, what is Arlen doing without, you know, all the <laughs> huge social media presence? And now, ironically, after a lot of social media fallout, you're kind of looking like a genius right now. But um, <laughs> uh, no. like, tell me more about that background. Like, why don't you try to build out your your huge social media following and. I mean, I, I got to hear more about your upbringing and I mean, you're, yeah, you're unique. I love it. I have to hear more. I, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to talk about that um, because that's something that uh, there could be a lot of confusion as to why. Um, and so I would love to address that. Um, yeah. So the thing that I am probably the most outspoken about, or the thing that I would like people to know more than anything else 
would be that I am a born again Christian. Okay. That's, that's my religion. That's, that's what I am. That's, that's what I'm about. Um, within that, like I attend a Mennonite church. So a lot of people kind of put me in the box of a Mennonite, which I don't necessarily fit that all that well, but I'm fine with that. I'm like, I'm fine with that. As long as people know that I'm a Christian, I'm okay with them. Like, if they want to associate me with being a Mennonite. So a lot of people see this sort of religious symbol or whatever that that's kind of around me. Um, and like, I'm okay with that as long as they know what's important to me that I'm a born again Christian, but I don't want people to like misunderstand me because like, that's not why I've chosen not to have social media. Um, my purpose for not having social media is because like once I think once you have it, you're kind of stuck with it. And as I've looked on to other people's lives, <laughs> um, so many people who spend a lot of time on social media are quite frankly, miserable. Um, because they're always like, looking at other people, comparing themselves with other people, trying to figure out, trying to find like success in life or trying to find some sort of satisfaction. And the elites often, that's sort of their platform. Get as many followers as you can. If you have a bunch of followers, then you can get sponsors. If you have sponsors, then you have money. It seems like there is so much fake out there that like people post all kinds of stuff on social media because it's popular, not because it's them or it's authentic. Now, I know some people are real with it, and I think that's great, but I feel like the pool is so strong to just try to be a people pleaser rather than to be authentic that I'm just like, I'm not going to bother with that. I'm not going to touch it. Um, so that's kind of where I'm coming from. I, I feel like the it. pool is is so strong. Carolyn, like I've always it, been a super don't, disciplined don't, person. <laughs> don't feel like you got to take a like a defensive position because like no, it, no, it I'm works, not at all like afraid to talk about it. Works for some people, <laughs> and you know what I think's at what's backwards is sponsors asking first, hot like what are your social media following numbers? And I've, I've from middle to back of the pack, I've even had to do applications where I do that first. And it's like, right. Because there are some, some people like, like you who are, who are popular <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. And, and so you can be a very influential person. If you have a lot of followers, me, I could be influential or, or I may lose a lot of influence by not having social media. But on the other hand, like that doesn't prevent me from being able to run well on race day. Exactly. Um, so exactly. I love it. It's, it's whatever. Fresh. I, I've it's always fresh. Been it one. needs to be heard. Like get it in your head. Yeah. like, you are not as good as your social media people. Like <laughs> it, like social media is fun. And I think if you're doing it for the right reasons it can be powerful but people are smart right. and they read through the bs of you know oh i just ran my six minute mile training run for 1.3 miles it wasn't a great run today like getting ready for my 50 miler like no like uh 
Like yeah. people can read through it. They're smart. Yeah, and I, I, I want like I don't want to be misunderstood. Some people think that it's a religious thing, and it's it's not really. It's more of a personal thing. Um, of course, it my decision on that impacts every area of my life. But I want people to I, I want people to know that it's a personal decision of mine. That I can like I'm not the one who has to like I can look on the outside and say no I'm not going to touch that because I am used to saying no to the things that I maybe would want to do because I, I'm an ultra runner I I mean we're all about discipline if you're not disciplined you're not going to be successful as an ultra runner Oh come on Arlen you can get sponsorships <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what you, i'm you like know, the little like little devil on the shoulder like right. come on arlen <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know you're you're right that like there's there's a lot to be had out there but i would wonder how much some like i would i enjoy what i do right now but if there was a lot of pressure i may not enjoy it and that would really suck if I can enjoy something as much as I do now, but would decide that for the sake of money or something else, and I'm not saying that I'll never get social media, like the, the company that's sponsoring me now is like talking to me, like, can we have somebody do social media for you and things? And there's a lot of things that I have to have to sort out, but I don't ever want to let something get to, to the point where I can't enjoy running anymore because I'm overwhelmed with other things like why do that if i'm having fun now why do something that could jeopardize that i mean you're you're speaking like you're 65 and have experienced it all i mean you're (laughs) you're you're very very you know knowledgeable on that and i i think you're taking the right avenue to focus on what's most important and that's you enjoying the sport you love and I think the sponsors are going to follow regardless if you have a million followers or you don't even take part. So hats off to you. Honestly, <laughs> it makes you unique and I, I love it. Um, I, I think it's refreshing. So to shift gears, I mean, do you work a daytime job? Are you running full time? <laughs> No, I, I, yes, I work. Um, my, I helped my brother kind of start a business about 10 years ago and we do excavating here locally. Um, yeah. So like we do a lot of driveways, parking lots, um, even some in the landscaping and of things. So a very hands-on type job. Um, but yeah, it's just being my two, my two brothers. Yes. So yeah, it's it's crazy sometimes when I think of like how much training I have to do and yet trying Columbus. to work a full time. I mean, <laughs> we, we were my wife and I. I mean, we we bought our first house in Westerville, so we were uh-huh. out there, and you know, I was working in New Albany, and man, I I, I shudder to to think what it's going to be like when I come back from Denver to just go like drive around and think like what like what has happened in five years (laughs) it's only going to get busier too you know that yeah yeah it's been and that's been the challenging thing with trying to continue to push myself to new levels because i do 
I do run a lot of miles. Um, I seem to do well with, with the higher volume I do, the, the better I performances I get. So it's been really hard to try to balance like how much, <laughs> how much can, time can I afford to take off? Um, I mean, I think this year might be an outlier. I'm just throwing it out there. Sorry, brother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, you know, gold, golden tickets aren't, they're, they're golden for a reason. So, you know, the the amount of competition to get into Western states, I, I personally have worked years, years, and I'm still years away from getting in just to run. So, like, you've you've just jumped on, I think you went for your first golden ticket and snagged it. And I mean, I let's shift let's shift into running, so we'll get less into the personal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate your your open, honest responses there. Like, seriously, yeah. Well, I, I I'm going to be real, and if you don't like me, you don't have to like you don't have to release the the uh, the audio footage. You can just <laughs> like if you don't like. If you don't like me, I'm cool with that, but I'm going to be me. <laughs> if you don't like Arlen, unfollow him on social. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, if you don't like me, just unfollow me, and, and I'm on like cool with that. <laughs> um, yeah. Arlen, what is your diet like? I got to hit up the basics, and then I want to hear more about a few races, and then got to hear yeah. about this big one you might have coming up here. Yeah. Awesome. So as far as my diet goes, I am kind of the skeptic. So I eat a fairly normal diet, nothing, nothing, you know, way out there different. Um, and I'm amazed at how many people are so convinced on their certain diet and they claim they've had these huge gains and whatever. And I look back over my last few years, and if I had believed some of these, some of these theories that come along, and I've experimented with different diets, but if I would have believed these and not been a skeptic, I would have totally taken it hook, line, and sinker. And I, because I've had so many unexplained gains during my career, where all of a sudden I was just way better than a few months earlier. And mm -hmm. I, and I, and I look at my short little career and I'm like, wow, if I would have at any time through there decided that I was going to change my diet, I would have been convinced that it was the diet. But here I am years later eating just about the same as I did back then, only a lot more because my volume's a lot higher. Um, so my diet is pretty normal. And I just wonder sometimes how many people they're, they're, supposed diet that's this you know game changer for them i wonder sometimes how much of it's really in their head um so but just i'm just summarizes it's, it's <laughs> I'm, all about the keto diet and that's what I'm, that's the takeaway low carbs high fat i'm just i'm totally messing with you um what <laughs> yeah no so, i like i've experimented with that and i'm not gonna like bash any any diet out there like maybe that is a really good like I've experimented with that. So, and I'm not like saying that it's, that it's total garbage. Um, for me, I felt like nutrition was somewhat of a strong point for me where some people may find that adjusting their diet helps them a lot. 
So I'm not going to say that it's always all in their head because like some people can gain some, some good, uh, advantages by switching their diet. Um, I think there's definitely some advantages, but like for me personally, I felt like some of this Mickey Mouse and around with different diets was just affecting my training. So you're vegan. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I'm trying to make, I'm trying to take this up like to lighter notch. Like what does, like, what is your diet? Like, what do you, what are you munching on in the morning? Like, what's your lunch and dinner like on a, just a normal day, normal training volume? Like, do you have, do you have kind of normal, like, I, uh, you know, I, I have a salad every day for lunch or like, I have no idea. No, I'm not, I'm not a salad guy. I, okay. Like salad, I, I think it burns more calories chewing it than it does eating it. So I like food that has a lot of calories. Um, <laughs> I, whatever I eat probably somewhat fairly normal, but like I still live at home and my sisters cook and they're always trying to outdo each other with their cooking. So I am like the recipient of, um, a ongoing cooking contest. So I eat really well. Like I think it's really good food. Um, but I don't really, there were times where I had to like explain to them, I'm trying this diet please, can you cook a little, but then it just got too complicated. Now I'm just like, just make me whatever and I'll eat it. So that's kind of where I'm at. I eat so is that pretty like normal. Eggs, I think it's like eggs in the morning, bacon. I have no yeah, idea. Toast, yeah. I often toast eat with yeah, butter, yeah, peanut eggs. butter. No idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty much pretty. I, I think I eat a pretty well-rounded diet. Um, yeah. Dinner is and, dinner and like a meat. And like vegetable and some kind of like side or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be, yeah, typical dinner. I'm a big meat guy. Like I like a lot of meat. Um, yeah, I, yeah. If I go vegan, you can probably administer me to the, to the, uh, insane asylum because something probably really went wrong upstairs with me if I give up my meat. (laughs) Uh, don't Not do to two, try to don't offend. do two hundred milers after <laughs> after thirteen cheeseburgers or whatever. I went I went full <laughs> vegan because I was so tired of like burgers and everything. Well, <laughs> like yeah, I've learned you don't want to eat something that you really like during an ultra because don't it might it. come back up or it might don't it might it. ruin it. Yeah, um, you might never like it again. So. Yeah, I think I'll keep my my meat for my daily use and not use that so much on on race day because <laughs> I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to ruin race. that or I wouldn't have anything left on my plate. <laughs> do you do you have coffee in the mornings? I do. I'm I'm a big coffee drinker. So thank you. Yeah, that's... I knew I had you on for a reason. Are you allowed to drink alcohol? Um. So it, it there again. That's more of a personal thing. Um. Like. Yeah. Okay, so let me just break it down for you real quick because I, I talked about being a Christian, a born again yeah, Christian, yeah. and and being a Mennonite. So, in in Scripture, it talks about not drinking to drunkenness or you know to where it alters your mind. So, biblically speaking, I, I would believe it would be okay to to drink in moderation. But there again, I've decided not at all. Like. Because I've seen so many people, even from my background, turn into alcoholics because of 
just because of not being able to say no. Um, And also our family has been involved in prison ministry for years. So like I've heard an endless story of troubles that people have had because of alcohol. So no, for me, it's like not even, you know, I've never been there. There's, I've never heard a good reason why, like I've never heard a good (laughs) reason why to start. Like what, what would be a good reason to start drinking? So I'm not going to be the guy that talks you into no alcohol at all. (laughs) Oh, I'm not, don't don't worry. Try to talk me into it. (laughs) Let's see here. Uh, Recovery (laughs) capabilities of a great carb in liquid form. No, I'm I'm totally joking. (laughs) But what was I going to ask you? I was going to ask you or say, Oh, um, so I, I mean, I've honestly, I've seen more elite ultra runners say they don't drink than probably any subgroup of people that I've ever interacted with. So I think there, there's actually highly likely like some kind of performance, uh, you know, relation to that too. And, you know, hats off to you once again on, you know, taking the high road there and, Let's actually talk running. Um, this would be a <laughs> Here good... we are still talking diet. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to do is peel back the cover on you as the person because you yeah, prove it, yeah. you've, you've proven yourself as an ultra runner, I think. You know, you, you're only, you know, top three this year, so you still got some work to do, but... Uh, <laughs> You, you've proven <laughs> yourself. <laughs> you've yeah. proven yourself, and uh, you know I, I'm just blown away at, at what you've done. I didn't think anyone would beat Michael Owen's record so quickly. Um, I happened to be out there at Mohican the year that I was doing a, a a real nice, blazing fast fifty miler myself, um, and he came just screaming by uh, when he threw down a really great time there. And so I got to hear more. Let's start with Mohican, talk about Burning River, maybe some of, you know, your, your more like, you know, track related type races. And then I got to hear about this Western States race you have coming up. But (laughs) Mohican, where did you even hear about Mohican? Why were you going, like, how did you build to a hundred? Was it really quickly or... And then why Mohican? Because it's kind of a hard race. Yeah. So my f- that that was not my first hundred. Um, my my first hundred would have been the Eagle Up Ultra, um, which is which is a race here locally, just ten minutes from my house uh, in Canal Fulton. And I, I think I was going to go for the Mohican one hundred, but then it, with a conflict of of schedule, um, I think we were going to be out of town, so I ended up going for Eagle Up Ultra. Um, threw down a like a pretty fast time for a first timer. Uh, it was like just under 15 hours. So it was, it was pretty impressive for a kid that didn't know what he was doing. Um, yeah, Mohican. Then I think a year later I ran that one and I was just shocked at how much fun it was running trails. Like, uh, Michael was there that year. He ended up dropping out, I think 65 miles, um, was not able to talk him into getting back up and going again. Um, anyway, ended up winning it that year. And then like I n- had some really big gains throughout the next, what, two years, Mohican, they moved their, the date, the race date to the fall during COVID. So that like conflicted with tunnel Hill. 
um, decided to come back from Mohican. And I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about when you want me to talk about Mohican, you're wanting to talk about my, my 2021 performance at Mohican. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I knew Michael had the, the course record there and it looked like pretty intimidating. Like I would have never thought that I could take a, a record from Michael Owen. I thought he was like, if he had the record, then that just meant that I could only get, you know, so close to it. Um, but that was just my mentality kind of, um, but had some really big breakthroughs. And finally I started thinking, you know what, that actually looks like a realistic, a realistic goal. So I did just a ton of training on course, um, learning the trails, learning how to push really hard on trails. And what's funny about my approach to that race, I did, I was hitting new mileage PRs, like weekly mileage training PRs. So I was really pushing my limits with, with training, um, but did a lot on course. And it was kind of interesting as I was approaching race day, thinking of what pace I had run the course. And I think I had been running between like nine and 10 minute pace on, on my training days. Um, and I think I ended up on race day running it was maybe like a nine ten pace or something. It was like faster than most of my training runs there, um, which was kind of crazy. I went out and I, I started thinking about how fast I had been running and I'm like, that's crazy fast or whatever. But I, I'm like, I'm just going to go for it and like not really pay attention to how much I made positive split this race, but just kind of going out with 1651. I think that was his record. And I'm like, 1651 was in my head. Um, I come through 54 miles, which is kind of like halfway, you know, how that course works. There's two longer loops and then two shorter loops. Um, I came through in, in eight hours and I was thinking to myself, this is going to be really embarrassing when I blow up was kind of my thoughts because there was a few guys there that I knew and I knew what was going through their head. <laughs> like, have you ever felt kind of intimidated by making like a stupid arrogant move or whatever um anyhow I, every I kinda... every ultra race i've ever done yes yes it, right okay <laughs> going so, out yeah uh like you know like way too stupid fast. fast in the first mile <laughs> yes that's me every race. yeah and, and so i'm at like at this point i'm thinking well i'm in too deep now and i wasn't like super disappointed i think i split like I think I told myself if I run a loop in anything less than four hours, that's going to be stupid. So I think my first loop, which is about 27 miles, I think my first loop was 401. And I thought, okay, this is fast. I think I wanted a 405, but I'm like, this is, and 405 would be way too fast. But I'm thinking I'm not going to be mad at myself unless I run under four hours. So my first loop was 401. My second loop was 359 and it made an even eight hours. And I'm thinking I have two short loops that's eight hours. I've got 54 miles under my belt. I'm like, this is pretty crazy fast. I, I'm thinking course record. Like I could almost walk to a course record down on the last, like walk the last loop, but I was pushing really hard. I decided I'm like, have you ever got the ball rolling too fast and found it easier to keep it rolling fast than to try to slow it down? Um, Cause that's kind of where I, f where I found myself. That's a really good quote. I mean, yeah, yes. I mean, to the point yeah. where if, if I don't keep running, I will like almost fall asleep and bonk. Like I can, there's, yeah. there's many times I can't keep my eyes open unless I keep running. 
Uh, just ask Tommy Burns yes. from my first hundred miler. <laughs> yeah. So I pushed extremely hard. Um, it got really hot that day and we had some really good competition. It was, um, we had, uh, Paul Jacobs come out and I didn't really know him at the time, but I knew like who he was. I knew he was going to be there. I had never met him. Didn't even talk to him at the start line. Cause I didn't, wouldn't have recognized him. Um, and he ended up running, I think three seconds short of Michael Owens record. Um, but it was, it was kind of a bad, a bad year to come out and try to, and try to win the race. Um, just because I don't know, there was this Glick kid up there that was, I don't know, for some strange reason didn't blow up. And so, yeah, continued to push and I come through 75, 77 miles or whatever. And I forget what my time was, but I'm like, this is actually, I'm actually going to be able to coast this in. Like I'm going to push as hard as I possibly can the last loop. Um, but I remember not really knowing how hard I was actually run. Like, you know how it is when you get deep into an ultra, you don't know how hard you're pushing. Like you don't know how fast you're moving, especially on a trail like race like that. I mean, yeah. Kiss your splits goodbye because you, you, you don't, don't know how know. fast you're running. Yeah. The miles vary so much. You have no it's idea all with all those steep ups and downs. Yeah. 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 It's all just like you can count your loops, but not necessarily your miles because they're going to vary everything from seven, a seven minute mile to a 10 minute or 12 minute mile or whatever going up some of them hills. Um, so yeah, ran my last loop really fast. Had had my, my favorite pacer with me, Derek Miller. He's a, he's a local guy and he acted like he was struggling to keep up. And it was actually encouraging to me because as I'm pushing up some of these hills, I was like running a lot slower, the last loop. And just the fact that he was struggling really encouraged me that I'm still moving. Okay. Like I might not be moving as fast as I was earlier, but I'm still moving. Um, and I still remember when I finally got to the last aid station before the finish, which is like six miles. And I realized, okay, I've got like one hour left. And I, I told, I told my pacer, I'm like, this puts us at about 1522. Right. And He's like, yeah, I think that's, a, I think that's about right. And I'm thinking 1651 was my goal and I'm staring down like almost low 15s. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Um, but just, yeah, tried to make it as efficient as I could Tried to bite off every minute I could. And one of, one of the finest moments <laughs> I've ever had in ultra running was, approaching that finish line so you know how it is you run down the really steep descent into the campground and then you run through the campground um and it's really a a cool finish because you're running through the campground and there's people camping and cheering and everything by that some people knew i guess knew who i was or knew like they were cheering they must have known i was on my last loop i'm approaching someone from behind and i had lapped people that that had like that I had no idea I was going to be able to lap. Like I was just moving a lot faster than I thought I would that day. And I'm approaching these people from behind and they have a good clip. Okay. The 50 milers, if you lap a 50 miler at this point in the race, they're usually walking or going really slow. And this guy was actually jogging pretty fast and, and it was two people. So I knew he probably had a pacer and I remember approaching him from behind and he looked back and just the look of terror on his face, um, it was so funny because 
he recognized me. I was just going to like slip by him nice and quietly and just whatever. He looked back and he said, oh, no. And he says, my goal for this race was to not get lapped by you. And we were only going to be together for like a half mile now. And then I was going to be at the finish and he was going to go back out for his last loop. And he's like, so I'm not going to let you do that. <laughs> and I <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> I thought to myself, I really didn't have much left. I had just climbed a huge climb. I was really just <laughs> zapped. But I remember thinking, well, I'm, I probably can't catch him. If that's his goal, I'm probably not going to be able to catch him. Well, I just stayed right behind him. And all of a sudden, we're go- we keep going faster and faster and faster because I- I've got the finish line. Like, I can blow up here. He is probably not a good idea for him to be running, like, sub-seven pace 75 <laughs> miles into into his race. And it was, fu- it was so funny because, like, I didn't have to do it, but... <laughs> He finally, he's just like, oh, never mind. And, and anyway, he let me just go right past him. Like he didn't even fight. And he, ha- I don't know. I don't know who it was. Like, I still don't know who it was, but it was just so funny to be in a situation like that, where even that late in a race, like not having someone to push me hard, but then having this random guy that's just being nice about it and being like, Hey, my goal is to not get lapped by you. I mean, <laughs> that's, it's I am that guy. I am. I, that's my goal. Two X. I I need to know. Yeah, I I would have totally been that guy. Um, in in fact, my first fifty miler was Mohican, and I I probably would have been right there, man. It was. <laughs> yeah, there's no, no way my I was running what you were doing. Was, <laughs> Yeah, my first 50-miler was Mohican, um, probably three years before that. And I ran... I think I was a year I think before. I ran an 824 50-mile time, which is like, whatever. It was all right. I did. I got second place that year. It, it was all right. But what was my splits? I think my 50-mile split was 723. So I ran basically an hour per 50 faster or something like that. Whenever <laughs> my I did it, miles. it was like 100 and... <laughs> with humidity of like a hundred percent i think it was 2016 it might have been the year before you but for your 100 mile yeah 17 17 was the year i ran my 50 miler do you do you still drop down like under that road and come out like you pop out under the finish that's kind of a crazy finish line right yes it is awesome you go under there and then you cross the river Um, and then you go up through the, through the grass there and up by the pavilion. Um, you still do that. It's really cool. What's of the three times you've done Mohican, what's like, and you've done a lot of training there as well. I'm sure I've had almost equal, equally as amazing experiences training solo, like not a person within miles of me and like sensing, just what a special place that is and then you know i've had special race experiences is there one memory that like sticks out in your mind whether it be the finish line of you know your your course record or a training run or whatever besides that racing that runner the 50 miler into the finish (laughs) yeah it's it's actually really hard for me to think about 
what moment memory there would be so special because there's so many memories that are so special. One, uh, one of the more recent ones was just a training run down there and I deep into my training run, I think I was close to the end and I realized I thought back of this was after Havelina, you know, after I had my golden ticket and I thought back of just all the people in my life that are maybe non runners or just acquaintances that are all like legitimately proud of me and my accomplishments. And I realized how much the more I run, the more I run for other people. Like when I was out at Havelina, I knew every step of that race that there were a bunch of people that were hoping I do well for whatever reason, like some people, just because they're an Ohio resident and they want to see an Ohio resident take a golden ticket or because they're just, you know, a distant relative or whatever. And just, it, it really humbled me when I thought about how, how much of this, like how much of, I want to do well and I want to train hard because of all the people that are affected by that. Um, so that was a very special moment next to that. I would say my 2019 finish there, um, was really special because I was very unknown, even in the Ohio ultra community at, at that point and to come out and to win that race. And then not just to win it, but the day that I want, that I won it. So we had like just a torrential downpour for like the last hour or two before I finished um, in fact, they had to, where you go under the bridge and, and cross the river there. I crossed the river, but by the time the second place guy got there, the river had risen too much. And so they diverted the, the chorus the <laughs> to cross the road, which is wow. really dangerous because it's I like speed limits 55 or 50 yeah, through there. Yeah, it's dangerous and so, and it's pouring down rain. So it's obviously not safe for runners to cross the road but it also was flooding down there and wasn't safe for people to go across the river but i mean you've got a thousand people out on course that need to find this finish line and so <laughs> yeah they brought the people across the road but it was so fun just charging through i had zach Marin pacing me that time just charging through the rain and just having the time of our life and i took one big fall close to the end and i picked myself up and was trying to figure out if i was hurt and finally i'm like well I kind of laughed. I'm like, Zach, if I'm hurt, like we have to get to the finish line anyway, let's just go. <laughs> it was so fun. But yeah, there's I'll, so I'll, many special memories out there I'll because I've done so much training. My, my fondest memory. This is one of my proudest moments and only sharing it with you here. Uh, you know, before you go through like and, and pay for parking, kind of like go in that camping area, you can just park on the side kind of by the river uh, there's like a free parking lot there to go do a training run. And so this was like maybe one of the very first times I'd ever been out on a trail. And I'm like, where the heck does this trail start? Like, this is supposed to be like a hundred mile course. I'm like looking all around. And so I went back in, in retrospect, it was a, a deer trail and just go dead opposite in the wrong direction into the bushes, basically <laughs> following a deer trail. And that was like first Mohican trail running experience. Really proud of that. 
Um, <laughs> take off on a deer trail. That is pretty. I, that's I like, pretty cool right there. I had to go through brush, came out at like a car dealership, looked both ways because, like you said, it's a crazy road to cross. Kind of went through more brush, eventually just randomly found the trail and had a special time out there. But. <laughs> Well, there, there's tons of trail out there. I mean, you, you kind of have to, you kind of have to know the trails a little bit. Um, like once you learn one good loop, you can just keep doing that. But I mean, it's a huge place. There is tons of trails. For Ohio, it's amazing. Like it's worth the drive if you're in Columbus area. Like it's amazing. Um, yeah. I want to hit Burning River. It's a special race. Like, in my heart, it was the first 100-miler I went after and DNF'd at mile 50. Nice. But uh, that's a special experience. Like, tell me, because you've done it twice. You've done the Mohican Burning River kind of double, if you want to call it that. You've done a little bit yes. better than I have. Um, but <laughs> t- why, why Burning River? Was it just proximity? Like... Had you been keeping an eye on Michael Owens uh, kind of routines or like uh, what got you into Burning River? It's an awesome race. And again, listener, if you're in the area, check that race out. It's awesome. Yeah. Burning River is is a fun race. Um, so for me personally, I, I did the 50 miler there a few years ago, um, but it was I did Mohican. I did Canal Corridor four weeks later. And then I did burning river two weeks after that. So till I got to burning river, it was just <laughs> like, uh, uh, whatever. It was just not a fast time at all or whatever. I, I mean, I ended up winning the race, but it was like the competition was not there that year. It was, I was going so slow. It was, it was crazy, but anyhow, uh, yeah, that race is really cool though. So I, I've done pretty much all the Ohio hundreds except for burning river until 2021. And so I did Mohican and strangely enough, I recovered from Mohican in a heartbeat, um, felt great afterwards. So I'm like, you know what? I'm could be really busy next year. There's a lot of races that take place in that June and July. And I'm like, I may never, not never, but I it may be a long time till I ever get the opportunity in July to run another local 100-mile race. And since Burning River was kind of the only 100-miler that I hadn't done yet, of the ones that have been established for at least like five years or so, Burning River was the only one that I had not done the 100. And so I'm like, you know what? I could do a back-to-back performance here. Um, I just to remind you, come off of a an hour and a half PR uh, course record at, in Mohican. So had no clue what I was capable of. Hour um, and a but, half. And that's on this, that race Mohican has been around since the eighties, right? I'm trying to remember when it first started. I yeah. 84 or something like it's a, yeah, classic. So it's a, it's, it's a really not old like he's the first person to run this race and take an hour and a half off Michael Owens time, who is, Top, like top 10 at big city marathons and one of the best in all of the midwest and and arguably the u.s i just it's amazing sorry i had to throw that in there 
Yeah. So, and, and it's actually good you did because there seems to be a little confusion. A lot of people didn't know that was a chorus record because a lot of people don't know about the chorus change in like 2012-ish or something. So it used to be primarily or a lot of road mixed with it. And as you know now, it is pretty much 100% single track. You're either climbing or, or dropping the entire time. It's a very... Like for Ohio, it, well, I mean, it's by far the hardest race in Ohio. There's so um, many routes and so much climbing. <laughs> There's like 14,000 feet of climb in that race at least, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. It's I think it's right around there. So like some people, uh, who was it? Courtney Campbell back in like, I don't know, 99 or something ran like a really fast time. But of course, that was on the old, the old course. Um, and I think his was like 1511, but I'm, I'm thinking... I. I looked back through the 30 or so winners over the past however many years, and I looked back and I was I was trying to figure out like what were the fastest times. And nobody was ever even close to Courtney Campbell's on that course. So that was obviously a very impressive performance, whatever the course was like. Um, but, of course, we can never go back and run that course again. It's always going to be the, the modern course, which I like. I love the new course. Like, that's great. Um, but yeah, I had no clue. I was like, how, how fast am I? Like, I have no idea. I have no, nothing to reference to. Um, so burning, because burning river, I am, I'm sorry. I keep interjecting here. Like burning river, you're not, uh, climbing, uh, a root ladder. Um, <coughs> at any yes. point. Yeah, it's like, for... <laughs> it's like road for 20 miles. I want to say to start it's fast. Yeah, and, and even Burning River has changed a lot. Um, the chorus has changed a lot over the years. But Burning River, I would say, is very similar to the way it's always been as far as the challenging. The, the speed of the chorus, I wouldn't say, has changed very much, at least not nearly as much as a race like Mohican. Um, but yeah, so coming off of Mohican, I'm like, okay, I just ran a a race that really compares with nothing um, or, or a race performance, a time that really compares with nothing because I have nothing to compare it to. Um, so going to burning river and there, I, I'm not sure, like I definitely wouldn't want to, there are some things about burning the, the burning river race that I wouldn't necessarily want to talk to about on a, on a podcast. Like I would maybe talk with somebody personally about it, but there was just some real, really unknowns there. Um, but yeah, I decided to go and I'm like, Michael's run. What was it? I think his best time ever was at burning river back when it used to have the national championships used to be there. I mean, burning river has been around for a while. 16 or 17. I'm trying to remember. I know his record. Yeah. I know his record at Mohican was 16. I think it was either that year or one year before or after. And it was a really cool year. Um, Peter Hogg went and got the, the course record and then Michael Owen and Jim Sweeney finished eight seconds apart. So <laughs> Michael beat Jim by eight seconds and they ran, I want to say like 15 forties. Don't, don't quote me on that, but I'm thinking it was like 1540s. So it was quite a bit faster. It would have been like an hour or so quicker than his performance at, at burning at Mohican. Um, so not really knowing what, what to compare it to, but just knowing that like 1425 was, 
was my number. That's what I was kind of going to just go for. Um, in fact, Jim, the race director called me up and he's like, dude, he's like, we just saw what you did at Mohican. He's like, do you know what our course record is? You put 15 hours here, but do you realize like, are you thinking chorus record here? Because if you are, we want to make sure our aid stations are opened. We want to make sure the chorus is marked. We do not want to screw up on our part. Um, so That's I kind nice of reevaluated. It's really amazing. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Because, I mean, it, it is so unfortunate that some race directors are not elite runners and don't really care. And some of them are not good runners themselves, but definitely cater to elites are very interested in people who are running fast and the things that they want. Um, so it was very nice of him to reach out and be like, Hey, anything we can do for you, because we've, we've all had races that just got destroyed because of neglect on the race directors part, you know, us going off course or something. And like it ruins our race. And then they act like it's no big deal because, well, they're used to, you know, people that are just wanting to get a finish. Oh, you went off course. Oh, okay. Well, we won't charge you any for the extra miles. Well, what if I was going after the course record there? <laughs> you, you understand where I'm coming from. Like, yeah. we really care about every, I mean, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for me to be in the fitness that I am and I to mean, be able to come to your race. History books, um, basically. Are, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it was great to have that kind of that kind of support. And they even had people like running ahead of me on course just to make sure the flags were in place. I mean, they really bent over backwards for me, um, which I was very grateful for. There's, there's nothing more frustrating than when you put all the work in, you do everything right. And then something out of your control takes your goals and just out the window with them. Um, but burning river was, was great. Like the weather was looking pretty decent. I thought, Maybe, you know, chorus record was possible that there that day. Um, but I knew it was a lot harder record than Mohican. Like I knew 1425 on Burning River was a lot harder than 15 uh, or 1651 at Mohican. I knew that record was just standing way out. Um, so, was, and I I'm think sorry, the year, what, was, what was Burning River's 100 uh, course record before uh, you? Uh, 1425. 1425. So, okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And so, and then, and ha I think that happened back you know, the, the year that Michael Owen and Jim Sweeney were there. I think even Zach Bitter was there that year. And I think Zach Bitter went off course and then ended up just hanging it up because, you know, it screwed up his race too much. But anyway, so I knew it was going to be like 1425 on that course is, is ridiculous. Um, I've run slower than that like on courses that were way easier um but anyhow so kind of was looking pretty good it was supposed to be 85 degrees that day like no chance of rain in the forecast i wake up the morning of the race and there's like a 30 percent chance of rain at like 5 a.m the race starts at 4 a.m i keep looking at the weather and it keeps on like yeah 30 40 percent chance of rain but just a little bit and it's to rain just to, just for like 20 minutes well i I start running race starts at, at yeah, 4am. So it's a super early start. <clears throat> we start running and the castle I don't is know. imprinted in my brain forever at 4am or whatever it was. Ooh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 
And I've never seen the weatherman so far off in my <laughs> life. We had like, I, I was, didn't, wasn't carrying a range gauge with me because I packed pretty light. But we got like between one and two inches of rain in the first three hours of the race. Oh, now, remember, the weatherman said no rain. And you know that course, a lot of it is trail. I... So we had the muddiest, soupiest. I mean, we there's one section there where you run a quarter mile or so through a plowed field. Imagine running through a plowed field with one to two inches of rain that had just come down. So trail conditions, like I don't have to explain to you what happens to trails when you have a couple thousand people. Because that race is a huge race. There's tons of people. It's an out and back. The 100 miler is an out and back. I mean, the trails were just absolutely trashed. And I can remember like running out super hard, super fast. And after falling really hard one time, and I actually, I have one of those really tough water bottles. It blew the lid right off the water bottle. And I just remember picking myself up I, and I forget, I was hurting pretty bad, but I can't remember what it was. It didn't do any damage. It just hurt me pretty bad. And I remember thinking, what an idiot to try to continue. This was maybe two hours into the race to try to continue on course record pace, knowing that this is probably one of the hardest course records, frankly, maybe in the nation on a and <laughs> on a good day. Yeah. And we've got the worst trail conditions possible. And I'm like, I just kept shaking it off. I'm not sure why I just kept like shaking it off and being like, well, I'm just going to stay on course record pace until something goes wrong. Um, so it blew, yeah, blew the lid off, got Gatorade all over myself. And then I just continued and it quit raining. I think around 35 miles into the race or so. Um, and didn't really rain much after that. But of course, I mean, it was just a total mud bog after that. And it comes to the 50 mile, like pretty quick. I think it was like 655 or something. Um, so it's still under course record pace. But then knowing the second half, the trail was going to be like way worse because all the people would come through. They have you know, 50 milers, 100 milers, everybody's so, coming through. And then so you normally. Then you this this race is a point to point, correct? And so they had to kind of modify it due to yes, for whatever reason. And yes. So in the past, it was a point to point. Um, so I believe the primarily the trail section is is in the second half, which yes, now yeah. we would start at the finish. We would go to the halfway point and then back to the finish. Okay, got of, it. Uh, on the original course, so. There's some a little dispute, and I've never run the original course, so I can't speak personally. I have had several people say, yeah, the original course is faster because it's the first 50 miles is almost is like pro, primarily towpath or whatever. It's, it's yeah, a lot faster. It's, it's reasonably fast. I mean, the year I ran the first 50 miles. I'll throw it out okay. there. I The, <clears throat> the weatherman um, that you probably tuned into is an ultra runner. He's probably listening, <laughs> so we we can't talk smack about the weatherman. Oh, um, okay. He's super I awesome. We might Columbus. have a weatherman in the house Shut here. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you ran yeah. actually no, it's, from it's the. Great that I didn't know that because if I had known we were going to get an inch or two of rain, I'd have been like, "Shove it! I'm not going to try." 
but so because I thought it was maybe possible. did that for you. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you started uh, from the fin- the original finish line. Is that my my understanding this right? And then you ran. Yes, back I to believe the so. Original halfway, and then all the way back I be- to yes. the finish. I think uh, yeah, and I think it's something like that. But With don't quote me on it. I'm not exactly sure how it how it all works. Well, but I've, I just I've, I've had some people say half of this race is substantially harder than the the first half of the original the second half of the original is harder than the first half so you did yeah so that would be consistent the harder half twice and how did you end up doing relative to history here this is unbelievable in rain (laughs) some rain and mud well, you know, that's the that's the fun thing about ultra wow. running. Sometimes even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. So it's like you, you just two. you got to just sometimes just take a risk and go for it. Um, it's it, the cool thing is it, it was a local race. So if I blow up, it's like just my local buddies know about it. Um, but, yeah, I continued to push. And it was so funny when I got to um, since you're from Ohio, you've probably heard of a guy named Brian Poland. I, yes. I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've heard okay. of him. So, I... Previous race director of Akron, the Akron Marathon, he does a bunch of race directing. He's an incredible runner himself. He's got like a, uh, I don't think he's ever broke 14 hours in a hundred mile, but he's been like close to it a couple times. He's, he's like an incredible runner. So he offered to pace me and I only had one pacer. It was him for like the last 23 miles. And it was such a breath of fresh air to get, like such an incredible person to pace me for the last, the last of it. And he, like the words he had, he chose to say, put my mind in a place that was just, he sucked everything he could out of me because you can't, you know how it is. You can't just say, Hey, you're doing great. Good job. And it, it, you have to think a lot smarter than that. He's like Arlen. He's like thinking very, creatively about how he can put my head in a in a very positive state he's like arlen i wish i had a video camera and i could video this because nobody would believe how fast you're running this portion of the course and you know some of these places we ran like i remember one section i ran up and then i slid all the way back down because it was (laughs) that smeary of mud And, and here i am like 80 85 miles into this race still like relatively close to course record and like i'm struggling like i'm sliding back down the trail thinking if i could just run and then brian he kept encouraging me he's like he's like arlen you don't want to have to come out here and do this again do you (laughs) i mean that should be like like that's unconstitutional i think that's like cruel and unusual punishment but like all he meant it all wow like he knew how much work i had put in this and how special it would be especially on a day like this to go and get that record so we continued to push and i could tell when we got to 90 miles i could tell he was nervous he quit talking and i could tell he was scared i wasn't going to make it but i had lost track of time i didn't know if i was going to make it or not like i had no idea where i was at with course record and so I just ran as hard as I possibly could. 
And I got to, I think it was like 95 miles or, or no, the race is like a hundred, a hundred and one or something. I remember or something yeah, it's a hundred and it, it used to be long. It's a hundred like, and something. Yeah. It's still it was long. like a hundred and six or something. I've heard. Yeah. I'm it's to talk about I, know, that. I, don't, I don't think they want us yeah, sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So I knew I was 5.5 from the finish. Um, and so like I, I got to the aid station and I get my stuff and I, I, you know, I took my sodium rotor and I just laid at the aid station and drank while I was like on the ground, laying on the ground because either my legs were so shot, I couldn't stand. Um, so I either had to be running, walking or, or laying on the ground. Like my legs were too shaky to stand. So I laid on the ground, drank whatever I was going to drink. And I like got out of the aid station and Brian took off with me and I looked at my watch and I remember seeing I had 55 minutes to course record and I had 5.5 miles to go. And even though my brain was zapped, I said, I said, Brian, tell me a 10 minute pace will get me course record, right? Or would be right at course record. And he's like, no, Arlen, you're just going to run eight minute miles for the rest of this. <laughs> and he, he's like, he's like playing tough with me. He's like, not going to let, let up on me. And I'm like, okay, Brian. Yeah, I know. Okay. I know like I'm going to run hard. I, and he was just like being so tough with me, but yeah. So I pushed really hard and I wound up running like 10 minutes under course record and yeah, I ran eight minute miles for that last section that, and I can remember approaching the finish line and like seeing the, the buildings and I started getting really excited about it, but I was so, I've never been so overexerted. I felt like I was just about to pass out and I was getting, starting to get scared. Cause I'm like, if I pass out, I might not come too quick enough to get to get up and get to the finish line i was starting to get worried i wanted to sprint to the finish it's all concrete oh that'd be bad but yeah yeah we're going yeah it's it's paved for the last it's paved for most of the last 5.5 miles um but i remember at least like the last two miles just pushing so hard but then like getting scared that i might pass out and i'm like i don't want to screw this up but I knew I was pretty close. Um, anyway, I run through the finish line. Just, I mean, <laughs> yeah, beyond the, it was so awesome though, to think back at like what I encountered that day and like how bad the odds were stacked against me. And yet still throwing down like a really good time. It was, <laughs> it was just incredible. It's just why you take risk. It's why you push yourself. <laughs> I mean, those two course records are unbelievable. I know there's there's a, a modified course. I'd argue Burning River in 2021 was as hard as it's ever been, especially with the mud. So if anything, your your record should withstand with some. But you know, we'll we'll see if you end up going back out for the traditional course if they ever do that again. Um, and man, your yeah, I, course record was just phenomenal, like phenomenal everything you've done. And I don't want to take up too much of your time. 
because I want to I want to stay in touch. I want to have you back on whenever you're whenever you're feeling inspired to to share some running related stories. But there's a reason you were you know in Ultra Runner magazine as uh, number three, and I mean arguably, yeah, it's when you start throwing down course records on different courses, it's all kind of uh, up up to whoever's voting, you know. Um, I well, yeah, it's things are so at, relative. I, I'm amazed at what you've done. You know, the Havelina uh, hundred, having personally been there and trying to wrap my head around being, I think you two X'd me there. Different course day, obviously, but a thirteen fourteen. Um, okay, you know, normal, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> desert solstice Let, let's hear more about you on a track because had you done yeah. a, like a track race that is jamil i mean i think jamil doesn't technically put on the race anymore but he was one of the original you know uh guys that came up with that his his brother nick plays a big part in that i think he threw down a pretty good race that day yeah yeah quite all right (laughs) i mean if you want to throw down a world record type race that's that's the event to show up to tell me just like a quick summary on on desert solstice like it it sounds like you were in a a fairly good groove you set a, a distance pr is that correct and tell me more about you know that experience yeah, yeah. Well, thanks so much for for like recognizing Mohique and Burning River. Some of those, like, I feel so humbled that you like even look into the. Or obviously, you were from from here, so you know more about it than most. But I think sometimes my biggest accomplishments get overlooked, and like, I'm fine with that. Like, I am perfectly cool with with uh, like being so much less than. Like I would be cool with having so much less than what I have accomplished. I feel so blessed beyond like what I deserve. Um, so like, yeah, definitely really appreciate those kind words. That's, that's way more than I deserve, but yes, I never want to like, I want people to know how much I appreciate what I've been able to accomplish. But at the same time, I'm not going to like say, Oh, that's good enough. Uh, I did it. I'm done. Let's just hang it up now. Cause like there's so much more out there to go get. Um, but yeah, jumping into desert solstice, I was really pumped about it. I was not, did not really train specifically for it other than doing some, some running on the track. Um, yeah, it was a real eye opener for me. Um, I do, I've really found my weaknesses there. Uh, I struggled early on. One of the, one of the things that I really struggled with early on was that the, the ankle chip that they put around, around your foot um that that wreaked some pretty bad havoc on my my ankles um i switched it back and forth i lasted about eight hours um but it really had some like lasting effects deep in in my race where like my muscles i was in a lot of pain with that which caused my muscles to start cramping so like my put it on like super tight or like no was, was no, it just I'd, so un, like unnatural feeling that you were like you, you felt like you were in prison or something like no you know. it's 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 a me problem um because like i've always struggled with those i like some of the local races use them and i've always had 
serious problems with like yeah swelling up and and it just bites in after a while this time at, at desert solstice it was just a lot worse um so around eight hours i i told them this is not working what can we do well they like took the chip off and zip tied it on my shoelaces i'm like man that was easy that would have been I, nice eight but, hours ago <laughs> yeah like it it, it actually hurt worse after i took it off um oh, no. so the, the damage yeah the damage had already been done but yeah i the pain level was manageable but then it caused my muscles because of the pain it's my muscles started firing differently um but like energy wise everything was going so smooth um but then I, I, you know, got sleepy and I started making some poor choices as I got sleepy. Um, I had never tried frap like a frappuccino before, during a race. And I decided oh, to try big. to yeah. to drink that to, oh. to pick me up. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's just say I you hit the bathroom was taking, or what? Yeah, I was taking way more than my share uh of time in is the port of John's. I don't even know. <laughs> I think there is. Yeah. And, I've noticed milk. Yeah. Uh, from a very young age, I noticed milk does not work before runs. <laughs> yeah. So it was just really a stupid mistake. Oh, but sucks. the sad thing, my head was so tired that I didn't even make the connection to my all of a sudden having to hit the port of John every couple laps. With you know, it was the like you, it was probably like Nick Curry coming out. You were like, "All right, Nick, like you go in," because I think yeah. Nick was having GI issues. Um, yeah, can Nick, I? He's a little more dialed with it though. Like he's he's just got so much experience with that. He was doing fruit smoothies that were like, you might as well dump a frappuccino on there because it's like it was he yeah. he did not have a, a good stomach day um yeah can i ask it, you mentally because desert solstice is like it's this private kind of event um every single person can see you going into those porta potties like maybe they need to put a blinder up or something like did mentally that affect you having to like go into the porta potty have basically everyone I'm self-conscious at a race when there's a million people around and you know, I have to go into porta potty. Did that affect you mentally on your performance at desert solstice? Oh yes, for sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, when you go in there, you know, and when you come out, a lot of times you see the same person that you were with when you went in, cause it takes about two minutes or whatever. I mean, like, it does. It does mess with your head. Um, my head was in a fairly good, good position. Um, I was very happy throughout the whole race, but I just started making poor choices and not being able to troubleshoot. Um, so, and this was, I made it 128 miles, but like I ran that in 18 hours. So I was not, how should I say, like, I was six hours short. It wasn't like I, and I, I was determined to walk the last six, but then like till I got, I sat down and tried to get, you know, I put dry clothes on. I tried to be as smart as I could. Like I never, it gets really cold there at night. And that's my weakness. Like when I stop, I have a really hard time sustaining body heat. And so 
it was really difficult to go from running, even even running slow for me. Sometimes I struggled to stay warm. So I covered up, you know, put a big coat on and everything and tried to like maintain all the body heat that I could. But it was just a spiral down. Um, it took me two hours to finally warm up. I mean, they stuffed like those hand warmers down my shirt and like piled blanket after blanket on top of me, like so trying to warm me back up. It, and I've, yeah, I've, I've unfortunately seen, uh, Kyle Piatari kind of going through a similar situation there. And I think he only did 18 hours as well. He's ironically done very, very well at Western States. I'll throw out there. Um, <laughs> so back, just one last question on this race. What are your limits in 24 hours? What what distance is feasible over your lifetime, do you think? Um, you're asking like what what I think I'm capable of? Yes. Um, so I think like I definitely think my legs are there for like a ton of miles. I don't want to throw a number out because I I think it would be like than, a huge number. More than 175. Um I don't want to sound like arrogant but sure. Like if yeah. I could run what for 24 hours. Like, I think like I think if I could run for 24 hours, I think I would have a throw a huge number up there. 200? But I think what Is that doable or is that stupid? No, no, not no. Um I think I think I would have a big a big number, and I don't really want to throw one out there because I mean, dude, my personal best is is I don't even want to say one twenty eight. It's it was eighteen hours. Um, my my <clears throat> my first year running Mohican was seventeen and a half hours. Um, <laughs> if that brings things into perspective, Dang. and yeah. I don't want to act like I'm just an eighteen hour guy because I really thrive want someday to come back and run 24 hours. I think I could throw a really big number up there if I can run for 24 hours. I think, do you, do you want to? Is oh yeah. Like definitely. a passion. Like now that you've tasted desert solstice, like, are Oh yes, you, for sure. That's on your list before, you know, before you put in that last mile, like you, you yeah, and I'm list. only 29 years old. Um, one of the most encouraging things about desert solstice was being there and watching Nick set the national record after 13 tries. Yeah. At at 35 years old, is he? They just so me, the 29-year-old. For, for Nick. Like, well, Jamil put the race on for his brother to qualify. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It, it is so, but it was so cool to be there and so encouraging like if I went out there next December, which I may do, I'm not going to be like, oh, I can go beat Nick's record now. I'm going to take the attitude that I made it 18 hours last time. Speed is not going to be the problem here. My problem is going to be, can I, can I run that long? Not can I run that far? How long can I run? How long can I keep going? And yeah, if it takes 13 tries, so be it. But I'm definitely I'm definitely attracted to that. Um, you'll be seeing me try again. I'm not saying I can get it the next time. It might take 13 tries, but uh, someday I want to throw down a really good 24-hour. 
I love it. I mean, I, I'm excited to, to watch you go after that over the next few years. And um, what do you think of Nick's? So just really quick, last question on this. I know I said it last time. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about his philosophy on negative splitting? Because he, he really emphasized like holding back for the first half of these stupid long races. And like, you're a guy, you're a hundred mile you're approaching expert level, obviously. Um, what are your thoughts on that theory? Because, I mean, what he did was amazing. Is that theory more for a 24-hour type, like, timed event? Or is that applicable to 100-mile races as well? Um, Like, I think it's maybe applicable for Nick for 100-milers. I just see it happens so seldom. Like there's so many times I've went out and thought, okay, maybe I could negative split today, but like, I'll be so far from it. I'm not like, I think it's awesome that he can do that. And I think that's the right thing for, for like him to pursue. I'm not sure. Like I would love to say, <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to go out and negative split, but then it doesn't happen. Um, I think there's so many people that, and maybe it's just because I went out too fast. I don't know. But I don't know. It just seems so hard to run faster the second half. Like, those legs are just so shot. I don't know. But, like, it, in theory, it all works really well. Like, he's got some amazing ideas and things that obviously work for him. You know, like, saving those faster miles for you know, after you've got most of them under your legs, so you're not carrying that lactic acid in your muscles. So you're not like running the fast miles first. So you're carrying those fast miles with you the rest of the race. I mean, I don't know. I someday I would love to be there um, to be able to actually throw down a negative split, but I don't know. It's Nick's thing. Um, oh, it's, hats it's, off to him for doing that. It's it's really cool to hear that because I mean, I don't believe Nick's ever, you know, been uh, you know top three kind of ultra runner of the year type position. I, I could be correct. You know, I, I don't know that for a fact, but to hear you say that about him and and vice versa, like I, I'm sure he um, admires what you've been up to. So um, I will end. And we're going long, but it was, worth, <laughs> it was worth every second with you. And I want to stay in yeah. touch with you, honestly. Um, especially you're my Ohio boy. So, got to support. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but, but in all honesty, so like Western States here, I mean, how are you feeling? I know I don't want to completely skip over jackpot. Let's just say it was a good race. I yeah. mean, it sounds like you might have tweaked something. You took a little bit of time off. Is that a correct assessment? Like I I've heard that yeah. before and then the people come back even stronger cuz they've never taken a day off of running. Um <laughs> Yeah. Like, so, I Walk me through that I'm and also, then get me to states. Yeah, we'll try to go through jackpot really fast. Um learned a lot. Jackpot was a huge like success learning like implementing some some strategies that i learned at desert solstice like from nick and and just a lot of things that i sort of took into jackpot um but yeah didn't 
I had some respiratory issues with a bunch of junk that built up into my lungs. I'm not exactly sure what it was, but I think it was because it was a little dusty out there that day. Um, so yeah, I definitely had a bunch of issues that I hadn't really struggled with much in the past. Um, but the biggest thing was a muscle in my hip that kind of seized up and, you know, I started leaning towards the end, but it was really neat applying some new strategies some new mental techniques to jackpot to where I got in a state that I've never been in before where I could not feel pain. It was the most awesome state to be running in, but it was so neat to realize after the race, I could hardly walk the next day because my muscle was in such bad shape, but realizing what I went through during the race but couldn't feel it because of my, where my, my mind was at. And it was really fun and exciting looking back and saying, I had a horrible race, but because of where my head was at, I got through it. It it was, it's really cool. So so that's kind of jackpot in a nutshell. It went horrible, but where my head was at during that race was like just, the only thing that got me through was this um almost like a a meditative state that you figured out where you're almost like the monk sitting on hot coal whatever <laughs> it might be uh like like is this a medit- meditative state or like a trance or like explain or I'm not trying to exactly describe sure. this mental state that you've uh, figured out like, that makes pain I wish it was just a secret that I could just tell you like how to do it. But I'm sorry to say it's something that I think you just like get it a little bits at a time. Like I, I felt some of this going into, into desert solstice, but there's obviously limitations at jackpot. You know, I suffered tremendously because things went wrong my mental state got me through the race, but you can be ever so tough mentally, but you know, there's other aspects that come into play. Um, like did a desert solstice. I wish I could say exactly how to do it. I don't know exactly how to do it or what it is, but I just know that I was in a tremendous amount of pain, but I couldn't feel it. That's all I know. Do you think while you run, or do you um, visualize while you run or are you like internal not, dialogue? Cause I listen to music and let me tell you, I've set a lot of course <laughs> records through this method, but um, I, I can really zone out. I, I can go into flow and, and forget about time, like, and just really be present. And it's amazing. Even middle of the yeah. back of the pack. It's so pleasant. Is this a pleasant place to be? I, Yes, it's a very pleasant, peaceful place to be. Um, And whether it's music or whatever, I think sometimes people have this big checklist in their mind. And, oh, I don't want to do this. Oh, I want to do this. Oh, I got to check my, you know, sodium or, or whatever it is. They have this big checklist and their mind is just exhausted before they even get to the race or by the time they get to 50 miles. And, me, I try more and more 
to say, stay as relaxed and thoughtless as I can during my run or before, like have all my plans made out and try to keep my mind relaxed. Because I think so many times it's like, oh, well, well, this guy said this or this guy, whether it was, was Jim Walmsley or Nick Curry or whoever, they did this and they did this and it worked. And so I'm going to apply that and I'm going to apply this and I'm going to apply that. And I think sometimes we just keep on loading our minds up with things that quite frankly, wear us out before we ever need to tap into that mental strength. Um, So I think the key is actually running effortlessly. Interesting. Very interesting. And I mean, would you say you found acceptance almost in a weird sense, whatever the acceptance might be? Like you're just accepting all the vast uncertainties that we all know happen in ultra running and, and sort of just like found contentment and acceptance in a weird way. Yeah. I think that's, that's a very good word to, uh, to, to try to describe it. Um, because I can remember even at desert solstice, I was walking around the loop, you know, totally doing terrible but I can remember I was as happy then as I ever had been. I mean, it was just an amazing place to be. Um, so yeah, I think it's probably one of these in, I don't know that there's any key to, I, I don't, I don't know how to get it. Like, I think it's something that just experience does more than anything for, for you. Um, That's the secret. Yeah, there is no great. secret. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, so funny when, love it. when like non runners ask me <laughs> what, you know, what your secret is. And I'm like, dude, there's no secrets. <laughs> but anyway, no yeah, we, we got to move Sorry, on. guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. How, how excited are you for Western States? I know this is a newer goal for you. I mean, do you have like expectations on yourself at this point? Or are you just. Are you expecting to go back here a few times and like, you know, like you said about Mohican, like if, I think it's Mohican. The first time you ran it, you know, it was pretty average, even though you, you did very well. Yeah. Um, like, how are you approaching Western States? This is this is basically the Super Bowl of ultra running in the United States. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am so excited to be in it. Like, it's. Uh, how should I say a dream come true, but it's barely even a dream. Like I had never even applied for Western States. Like everybody talked about it and I decided, okay, I'm going to apply in November. And then this golden ticket race come up and I'm like, you know me, I'm a hundred miler. I always was intimidated to try to go get a golden ticket because they were all hundred K's. But finally I was like, maybe I could actually Sounds crazy, but maybe race my way into Western states. And you know, it went, went out and got my golden ticket. And now I'm like in this race and now I'm like calling people and digging into it and trying to find out what I can about this race because I don't know much about it, but I think it's awesome. So I am, yeah, I'm really getting my plans together. I think I'm going to spend a week out there training. I'm going to take it very seriously, but at the same time, I'm not going to set any like specific goals because I think, I don't know. I've always been so far off of my goals, whether in a good way or a bad way, like take Mohican, for example, I would have been happy to run an hour slower than what I ran. But then other times like a desert solstice, 
I only made it, um, what, like three quarters of the way through the race. So I, I have no idea what I'm capable of on that course. I don't have any time or placement goals, really. I do think I will do well on that course. Like, I do think I do really well in the heat. I think that with the training plans I have, I'm going to do all right with the, with the climbing and descending, but it's, it's just way out there. Like I have no idea how it's going to, like what I'm capable of, but I'm just can't wait to tackle it. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. I like it. I mean, I described Western States for, for myself, at least it's a, it's a dream within a dream and probably another dream. And it's going to take, I think every level you go down, it takes like exponentially longer. Um, I think I'm in like, uh, sorry, bad movie reference there. Um, I, you know, I've really, really enjoyed the time. I'm going to finish with one last question. And again, stay in touch. Like, I, I really like what you're doing for the sport. Um, you're adding such a positive vibe and, uh, yeah, I can't speak more highly of you. So hopefully we get to meet in person. You can blow past me at a race some point. If I'm ever even yeah. in front of you, hopefully it'd be a course. Yell at with me. A loop. Yell at me if you ever see me or if you ever come back to Ohio and you want to go for a training run at Mohican, like just do it, man. probably any weekend, uh, I'll be there anyway. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring a camera. I'll have to like film in 120 frames a second to capture it, but um, cause you're so quick, but, uh, I'll end with this question. This is a weird way to end it. I want to ask you how excited are your nine, your eight other siblings about you doing Western States? How many of them sincerely even know what the heck you're doing? You come from a huge family. You guys are super unique. I love you know, every, everything going on there. I have a feeling your sisters are stoked. Like if they're, if they're going to like crew you, they have to, like, there has to be one sister that's like secretly like the biggest ultra running fan in the world. Just throwing it out there. But I got to hear it from you. Yeah, no, they're, they're ultra running fans, but because of me. Um, so yeah, they were, they were very stoked when they found out like we are going to California, I mean like this, it was, there was a new level of excitement in the, in the family when, you know, when, when I got the golden ticket. Um, and, and of course, Havelina and everything that went with that, uh, just like having the live coverage and like a few of my siblings were able to be there on race day, but the rest of them watching it, um, yeah, they they're very, and yes, they will be probably two my two sisters that usually crew for me will be there um probably my parents as well. So, I think this will be the first the first uh big race that my parents are going like going to be traveling out of state to. They come to most of my local races. But yeah, we are all really just really stoked about about being able to go out there and run the as you would say maybe the boston of ultra marathons well i'm i'm equally as excited and uh i just i can't thank you enough for what you're doing 
for the community in your own way. You're not trying to just be like every every other ultra runner out there and you're excelling. And I, I just, I can't wait to see how well you do at Western States. So thanks for taking so much time today and uh, definitely stay in touch. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I, I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart, but I just truly appreciate you and and that you that you reached out to me and and that you asked me on um really appreciate that and it it had a ton of fun so yeah i would love to do this again thank you so much that was episode 202 of the train for ultra podcast i hope you enjoyed it what a refreshing just inspiring guy so just really appreciate you guys checking out this episode Thanks for hanging with me here as I took a few months off to kind of regroup and get ready for another few seasons, you know? This is an ultra, this isn't a sprint. Um, so yeah, my, my whole goal is to only put out content when I'm feeling very, very inspired to, to record it and to you know, release it. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Big shout out to Exoskin, John Wayne Cancer Foundation, their Grit Series, along with Tannery Outdoors. You Patreon supporters are the best. Really appreciate you guys. We'll have a Patreon supporter episode coming up here soon. So thank you and have a great rest of your week. Don't forget to enjoy your training. See ya.